Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Facebook Live. Did that sermon intro add to your anxiety or did it make you feel better yet? Because, I mean, it just kind of adding to me. Welcome, all of you. Welcome, our campuses. Welcome for those, again, on Facebook Live. You did hear the story, guy. I, I said it last week. I'm like, 1030 service. I'm like, come on. You're out there. Drive. Come and get baptized. And I baptized the guy in the 12 o'clock service. He's like, yeah, I did it. I drove an hour. It's really, really cool. Love that you're here. Um, I don't know why we're doing this series. I mean, I'm feeling pretty chill. Everybody feeling pretty chill? <laughs> Honestly, um, it's the opposite and, you know, probably is for you too. And I don't even know how this happened because I remember we do sermon planning several months in advance. And I remember we were going to do something else and then we decided not to do that. And somebody said, let's do a sermon series about the pace of life and how things are going. And I'm sure I agreed to it, but I really wasn't paying attention to what we were, you know, doing ahead. I wasn't, I didn't know what was after the playlist series because I was working just like one week at a time because I've been so so busy, I haven't had a chance to look ahead at what was getting ready to happen. And that's kind of what happened to all of us. I would say the month of September, probably one of the most overwhelming months of my life. I overscheduled it, and there's been a lot of stuff coming at me that I didn't see coming, some spiritual warfare things on our staff. And just to, I just don't want you to think that I'm coming from a place of calmness and balance, okay? I just, I, I, I've told you before that I started hot yoga for my back. You probably think I'm all zinned up now, you know, and going to make you feel guilty. I've been to yoga once in the last two months, you guys. I haven't had time for yoga. Put that in your incense burner and smoke it, Zen master. And the biggest part of my problem is me, okay? Many of you have much fewer choices about your crazy life than I do. You have young kids, you're, you're a single parent, you, you have an insane boss, you're, you're overwhelmed and it's not even your fault. I just want you to know that I'm really glad we're doing this because I needed this more than any of you and we're all spiraling in the wrong direction and we got to do something to fix it. I don't think we should keep going like this. So let's just chill for a minute. Listen to some John Mayer and see what happens. I uh, decided to do some, you know, research this week and figure out how things were going, if it was just me that felt this way. Uh, American Psychiatric Association says 40% of Americans are more anxious than they were this time last year. All right? Tells us everything we need to know. Uh, we're, we're not going to stop the train. We're not going to get off. We've got to figure out how to manage it while, while we're doing it. I read an article in Psych Psychology Today said, by definition, hurry sickness is a behavior pattern characterized by continual rushing and anxiousness, an overwhelming and continual sense of urgency. Does this sound familiar? Hurry sickness is defined as a malaise in which a person feels chronically short of time, and so they tend to perform every task faster and get flustered when encountering any sort of a delay. To add to the conundrum, our rapidly expanding technology, which is exponentially increasing, is supposed to improve our lives by making things easier and providing much needed time to relax. Smartphones have given us endless ways to communicate. Computers answer our questions in a split second and help us with growing demands. But technology becomes a part of the new problem we are feeling, not the solution. And the upshot is that in our uber-fast, uber-techno world, we're experiencing an epidemic of hurry sickness. There used to be a thing called spare time, and they defined it. 
parentheses, available time to do things other than work, which was greatly anticipated and enjoyed by those who had it, but no longer. As the years progressed, technological breakthroughs supplied us with valuable time savers that were meant to give us more spare time, but all it did was speed things up. Doesn't that sound right? I mean, it sounds right to me. Somehow, we've gone from this to this. Wish we could turn back time to the good old days when the mama sang us to sleep, but now we're stressed out. What happened? 38 years, by the way, boys and girls. Too much time in our hands from Sticks was in 1980, okay? Those of you that remember that song when it came out are feeling really old right now, A. But B, you, you remember when that song came out. I mean, he's about a rock star, you know, it doesn't have anything to do. And, and even back in that day, we were like, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, nobody, no, nobody lives that way. I'm really busy. But if you can process, if you can think back, like, where was I at in 1980 compared to where I'm at today? Now we're stressed out. Okay, if I thought I was busy back then, I had no idea. So where does it end? I want to do a test, okay? Just a minute, I'm going to ask everybody here who suffers from hurry sickness to actually raise your hand, okay? In just a minute. That's what I said, okay? <laughs> yep, that's me. Okay, okay, I know, I know, okay? Just, just give me a second, okay? I'm going to run through some different categories of, uh, you know, what this is, and we'll do mass confession at the end. Uh, do you wish you had more time? Okay. Do you ever feel like you're in a race? Have you ever put on makeup or tied a necktie while driving to work? Maybe both. I don't know. Does a, does a yellow light, does a yellow light mean it's time to slow down or it's time to speed up to you? Have you ever wished you had a faster microwave? <laughs> Comedian Brian Regan has a great bit on Pop-Tarts. He's like, I'm reading the directions and it says you can toast them or you can microwave them. I mean, how long does it take to toast a Pop-Tart, right? You don't have that kind of time? That's, that's ridiculous. Back to my test. When you come to an intersection and there's a stoplight and there's two lanes of traffic and, and there's a car, one car in front of you, in both lanes, do you think really carefully about which car you're going to pull behind? <laughs> and do you find yourself guessing based on the make and the model and the year of the car <laughs> and how gray the hair of the person is who's driving it, which car is gonna get away fastest because God forbid you should get behind the slower moving car, yeah? In a grocery store, there's two lines that you could get in. There's line A and there's line B. Do you count not only how many people are in line before you make your decision, but how many items they have in their cart? Okay, if you not only do that, but when you pick line A, do you mark the person that would have been you in line B? And you watch them because if they beat you out, you're depressed for the rest of the day, okay? Raise your hand. How many of you are suffering from hurry sickness, right? You are a bunch of sick people. That's what I thought. And I'm your leader. So there you go. Jesus said this. This is kind of blowing my mind. I've come to bring life and life to the full. He didn't say I have come to fill up your life so that you don't have time to enjoy it. I've come to bring you a full life. 
I, I mean, I'm reading that we sleep two and a half hours a night less than they did a hundred years ago. And yet we call what we have going on around us progress. Job in the Old Testament said it this way, I have no peace, I have no quiet, I have no rest, and trouble just keeps coming. If that sounds familiar, then we should probably do a series called Overwhelmed, and that's what we're going to do. And we're doing the intro today, and Todd and I are going to be talking about, Pastor Todd and I are going to be talking about some practical things over the next three weeks. I hope you can make time to be here, LOL, okay? There, there's, a, there's a Bible verse we use in Financial Peace University um, that doesn't really have to do with finances. It has to do with looking at what's going on and looking ahead. It says, the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it, all right? So, so we've got to decide what we're going to do. It's true of everything. It's true of your finances. You need to look at them and see where you're going. And the prudent take refuge, okay? They see danger. They take refuge. They fix it. The same thing is true in our schedule. And here's the solution. Are you ready? The solution is to do everything you can in advance, okay, in advance to put some margin into your life. Some margin, Okay. What is that, okay? Margin. I mean, you can't fix this week. I couldn't fix this week this week. I couldn't fix the week before that or the week before that because I had overloaded my week with so much that there wasn't any breathing room. There wasn't any space between my load and my limit. And then what happens is when stuff blows up, then it really messes up your life. So margin is what's available beyond what is already taken. If it, if it takes 30 minutes to get to my meeting and I have, uh, I have 30 minutes till my meeting and it takes me 20 minutes to get there, I have 10 minutes of margin. Get it? If I have $100, $80 worth of bills, I got $20 worth of margin. That's what I've got to leave. I need to leave myself some buffer because things are going to happen. Now, publishers know this to be true. I mean, the margin around the edges of your pages, I mean, in a Bible, it's not very big, but there's always going to be a margin around the edges of your pages because the publishers know if it's crowded all the way to the end, nobody's going to read it. And, and proof of this happened on the internet. Back in the day, there, were, there was a big war for who was going to be the, the person that everybody used as a search engine when the internet was coming along. If you remember that day, you, you, know, you had Yahoo, you had Alta Vista, you had, you had Google, you had all these different choices. And, and, and somebody won that war because it is now the phrase we use when we say we're going to go look something up, right? We say we're going to Google it, okay? Experts would tell you there's a lot of reasons why Google won the war, but I think this is the obvious one. Do you ever find yourself like me? Sometimes I just pull up the Google page. I don't need to search anything. I just want to stare at it for a little while. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Nothing's popping up at me. Nothing else is going on. Nothing's going. I mean, there's one thing to do here, right? You search. I mean, there are a couple little things over in the corner, but there's one thing. I think that's why they want, because we need to have margin. What you see there is a whole lot of margin and one thing to do. And that makes it a lot easier for us. If we have more margin, what, what do we know? Well, we're going to have more peace of mind in our lives. There's going to be more room for the stuff that's going to happen. There's going to be better health. Uh, we know about stress and what it does to us. We know that a race car is going 20, 200 miles around the track. It has to do a pit stop to fix something. Okay, And, and that's the same for us. We need to rest. We're going to have better health. We'll have stronger relationships. 
I mean, why is it that we're, you know, relationships are worse off now than they probably have ever been? Well, one of the main reasons is we just don't have time. And we'll also be available for God to use because if you're overloaded, if you're overwhelmed, you, you don't have time. God says, hey, I got an idea. Why don't you go do this? No, no, no. So I want to talk today about the reality of uh, what it looks like and what's going on just a little bit. And then I'm going to give you a a couple of easy things to start working on. And we're going to talk about this over the next few weeks, next three weeks. The reality is we all have time limits, okay? We have personal limitations. We are human. Back in his prime, Muhammad Ali was flying on a commercial plane one day and the attendant asked him to fasten his seatbelt. And he looked at her and he said, Superman don't need no seatbelt. And she said, well, Superman doesn't need an airplane either, so buckle up. <laughs> I, I think about that. We got to know our limitations, you know. And I think, I think about that story, the greatest athlete of the 20th century. And, and all that Muhammad Ali did, the greatest boxer of all time. And then you think about what he was like in his later life when Parkinson's took him. And we think about what it was like. And that's important to me because my mother-in-law has Parkinson's and my daughter's father-in-law has Parkinson's. And, and, and it's not just the physical limitations I have now, but it's the physical limitations I'm going to have. The Bible says, I've learned that everything has limits. Everything has limits. That's what the psalmist says. And we don't recognize that very often. I mean, we have physical limits. We, we do that. We also have emotional limits. Like there's only so much emotional stuff I can do in my life. And that's a hard gauge to read. It always has been. The scientists are telling us we have mental limits. We, we, there's more and more information coming at us all the time. But there's a limit to what we can do. We have financial limits. I mean, it's, it should be obvious, but with credit cards, it's not. Listen, your credit card maximum balance should not be your financial margin. Well, it's going to be okay because at least I can put something on my credit card if I have to. And then that's, that's just going to add to your stress like nothing else. Some, something's going to break. Something's going to happen. And, of course, you have time limits. You can go to all the time management seminars you want to, but they're never going to tell you how to get more than 24 hours in a day. All right? And people sometimes say to me, Christian people sometimes say to me, well, well, PT, what about that verse that says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? Don't take that verse out of context. Can you shoot webs out of your wrists? Can you turn into Ant-Man or the Incredible Hulk? Can you fly? That's not faith. That's LSD, okay? You need to get off of that. This verse is not saying that you can go beyond your human limits. It's actually about contentment. I have learned the secret, Paul said, of being content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Okay? It's not about superpower. Somehow we think we can just keep taking on more and more stress and problems and debt and difficulties in our life. And I can handle it because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I mean, Christ will give us strength even if I'm an idiot, but I'm ultimately still an idiot. So I have to learn. And I'm not very good at it. We have limits. We will have problems. This is why you need margin in the first place, because you're always going to have problems in life. Comedian Dennis Miller said, I think the single most frustrating aspect of driving is that you spend your whole life stopping at red lights, right? Then at the end, there's this incredible irony. They let your funeral procession run red lights all the way to the cemetery, right? 
That's crazy. Do, do, do you not realize that, that stuff is going to happen? There will always be red lights. That's the way that it's going to be. And we have to expect that there are going to be problems that we can't control. I have to plan around what my life looks like. I have to plan ahead and for the problems that may happen. I have to plan around the fact that I have 80-year-old parents who live in Indiana and I have in-laws, a mother-in-law with Parkinson's and an 85-year-old father-in-law that lives in Missouri. And I have kids and grandkids that live in Nashville. And I have kids and grandkids that live on the north side of L.A. and California. And I have a daughter and her husband who live in Orange County in California. I mean, they weren't even nice enough to leave me and go to the same place in California. The only way that I can get back and forth to see them is through Los Angeles. And I would rather have a root canal. Have you driven in Los Angeles? Uh, I mean, so I have to plan ahead. I have to know that, talk about red lights happen. It's like traffic in Los Angeles all the way in front of you. I have to also, I have to plan on the fact that if I'm going to see my family and take care of my family, I had to get on a flight a couple of weeks ago as part of the angst of my, of my existence lately to go fly on to a different place to help my mom because she'd fallen. And I mean, these are the, you got to have some margin and some room for things that are going to happen. And I also have to leave room for the bat guano crazy stuff that I couldn't even imagine was going to happen. Let me, let me just ask you this. I mean, how many times you get to the end of your day or the end of your week and you go, oh, I had extra time this week, right? No. I mean, some of you have more time on your hands right now because you were planning on watching a lot of baseball during the playoffs. <laughs> is, it, is it too soon? I, I'm, I'm sorry. I should have waited on that one, okay? But, 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 but really, usually what I find is that the accidental extra time I get is far overshadowed by the accidental extra time I need. You with me? And Jesus told us this. Jesus said very plainly, in this world, you will have trouble. I mean, I, I take heart. I've overcome the world is the next part of the verse. But he says, you shouldn't be surprised if you have trouble. And if you have no time for trouble, it won't be that bad. But if you, if, if you, if you don't have time for trouble, it will be that bad. If you plan some margin, then it's going to make everything different. So we have to make our own margin, which is literally what I'm doing like right now. Uh, for this week to try to figure it out because I'm looking ahead at the next week and I know what that's going to be like and, and I'm making some decisions. And, and, and it's based on a, on a verse that really gets me about Jesus. I mean, you want, you want to say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Well, let's just look at what Jesus did when he was here. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all the things that had been done and taught. It's good ministry time, man. Everything's going. The disciples are, are healing people and, and, and casting out demons and great, great stuff going on. So then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, Jesus said to them, oh, it's okay, guys. Come on, let's go. Let's, let's do some more ministry. No, he said, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by, them, by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. And the demands were still there, but Jesus insisted they take a break. Jesus created margin. 
Sometimes he stopped and helped people with problems, and sometimes he walked away from people with problems and and rested with his disciples because there are always going to be people with problems. And one thing Jesus never did is he never said, oh, it's okay, I can do all things through me who strengthens me. (laughs) So, So if the Son of God seemingly had limitations on earth, what makes me think that I'm not going to? Come to me, Jesus said, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Doesn't that sound good? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That's kind of giving me goosebumps right now. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. How do we do it? How do we do it? Here's some stuff I've been learning, okay? Um, And and this one, I've said it already, but I need to to add to it, okay? You got to put some space in there. You can't just expect somebody else to do it. Have some buffer zones, okay? But here's here's where this was really, really fascinating to me. I read an article this week about how you drive and how it relates to the stress in your life, okay? I mean, just think about this practically from a vehicle standpoint. You are a vehicle. Think about how you drive, okay? What we know is the faster you go, the more room you're going to need to stop. You remember that from driver's ed, right? If you're going 30 miles an hour, you need however much. And if you're going 70 miles an hour, you need a lot more room to to slow down and stop. Therefore, if you're going fast, you need to have more margin, like literally as you're driving. But there's more. The faster you go, the more gas you are going to burn. If you have one of those cars with like an economy thing on it, you know that when you get up there and you're running pretty hot, it's not in good economy. What does that mean? That means you're going to have to have more margin because you're going to have to stop for gas more often. Another thing it said is the faster you accelerate, the more gas that you use. You know that also if you got one of those meters on your car, you jam it on the accelerator. I mean, it's not just about how fast you're going, but if you're having to get up and go really fast everywhere you go, you're going to need to stop more often because you're burning more fuel. And then they added this one that kind of hurt me, but it's true too, <laughs> right? The older your car, the more gas that you use. I mean, I don't care what it said. If you bought it brand new and it said 16, you know, in town and 21 on the highway, when it's 10 or 15 years old, it is not going to get 16 and 21 anymore, is it? We know this. And this is something that I'm learning because I'm driving faster and I'm accelerating faster than I ever have before. And all my pistons aren't necessarily firing quite as smoothly as they used to at my age. So what that means is I need to plan for more stops, more room before I stop. One of the pastors who helps mentor me is a guy who is actually my daughter's boss out in uh, California, Kenton B. Shore, great church, led a great church, retired just, just this year at 64, turned it over to somebody else. And I was with him, and it's gone really, really well. The church is going to just thrive. And, and I was with him recently, and I was just like, Okay, dude, what did you do at your age, at my age, to get you to your age? In other words, you know, what did you do seven, eight years ago that, that got you to the point where your last run was so good? Because they've had a huge, great last run of his ministry and done all kinds of really great stuff. And, 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 and he looked at me and he said, I took a sabbatical. 
I'd never taken a sabbatical. I'd never, I've taken breaks. I always took a study break, he said. I always took vacation, but I never really unplugged. He said, what you need to do, Tim, if you're going to get to me, if you're going to get to the end and get to 64, 65 and be strong and, and have a great last season is you need, you need to take a real sabbatical. And I came back and I told the elders and they said, yeah, you're, you're probably right. After 29 years of never really unplugging from this place, I'm going to do it. And it's not going to be till after Easter. I'm just telling you ahead of time because I don't want you to think, you know, where's, where's PT? He's always on sabbatical. Did he burn out? No. I'm actually planning it ahead so that I have a good margin. I have good space, good energy to run into the last seven or ten or whatever, however many years that I have. It's a principle that God demanded in the Old Testament, six days to do your work, the seventh day is a day of rest dedicated to me. I mean, it's one of the Ten Commandments that that we learn how to put margin in our life, right? It's up there with don't commit adultery, don't commit murder, you know, put margin in your life. Basically, that's what it is. So we're going to talk about this more in the next few weeks. I just want to tell you, that's the first one. you got to make it happen. And probably more so as you get busier and older. The second one is you got to prune. You have to prune your activities periodically. Because the problem is things keep coming at us. And if we don't cut something else off, we're going we're gonna to max out. And I think that's where our whole world is. We're maxed out. Gardeners understand this. If, if you have a rose bush, you don't just cut off the dead stuff. You don't just cut off the, the, you know, the, the, the flowers that have already bloomed. Sometimes you need to really cut that thing back so that it's more fruitful, and especially like this time of the year, for it to be fruitful next season. Every year in our lives, things, more things come, and you just keep adding more and more things, and it, it, what's going to happen is the whole bush is going to die. It's not going to be productive. Paul says, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. What he's saying is you have free will, you're permitted to do whatever you want, and you can go out and overload your schedule and God's not going to stop you, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be beneficial if you keep saying yes to everything. And I talk about this all the time around here. Every yes is a no. So if we say yes to hosting a conference like we're doing in a couple of weeks, that means we need to say no to something else. If we say yes to doing, I think we decided 23 Christmas Eve services. I can't even remember. We just figured it out today. That means we have to say no to something else. And in case you don't know, what we decided to start saying no to was the weekend after Christmas. There's no services at Parkview. We, we operate that way because we realize if we're going to do this, we've got to do that, okay? And you're going to have to learn how to say no a lot more in your life than you're going to have to say yes. And I'm bad at it too, so I'm just telling you that's what we got to do. We got to prune our activities. And the last thing is, I mean, it's got to come back to trusting God. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you, okay? If you get, you know what a yoke is. It's two animals, two oxen or, or, or whatever, the, the horses that are put together in a yoke so they can pull together. And, and most of the time people read that and are like, okay, I'll take your yoke, Jesus. I'll help you with your load. You help me with mine. That's not what he's saying, I mean, listen to the whole verse again. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. I mean, the better, better translation of that would be, let me help you. Let me yoke up with you, and I will give you rest, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Remember? 
I'm God. I don't have anything to worry about, okay? The purpose of a yoke is actually to make the load lighter. Even if you have two equal animals in there, the load is going to be better. And again, Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You weren't made to carry your load all by yourself. Jesus says, I'll take part of it. And he doesn't add to yours. He's just helping you carry what you've got. He doesn't have any problems. He's the guy with an empty truck and a strong back who shows up on moving day. And he's like, hey, I'm here to help. His yoke is easy. That's the way that it needs to be. We ought to trust in him. And I don't know about you, but I find that if I'm yoked up with Jesus, I can't get ahead of him and I can't get behind him. And that's one of the most important things for me. Because sometimes I think, well, I got, I got, to, I got to go. And I think Jesus is like, no, let's do this together. And sometimes I may be back here going, I don't think I can do it. No, Jesus is like, come on, we got this. That's what being a Christian is about. It's taking his yoke. It's, it's linking up with him. I had a friend tell me that his daughter was really, really excelling in her gymnastics class. And people were asking her, like, wait, what, what's going on? I mean, you're working out the same as everybody else, but you're really excelling. And her answer for them was I've been praying for a double blessing this year. And I love that because if you were here the first of the year, we talked about Elisha and Elijah. And Elisha was the guy who, who followed in the footsteps of his mentor, Elijah, and he prayed for a double blessing. And I gave out poker chips because I said, in 2018, we're going we're gonna to double down. We're going to go all in. We're, 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 we're going we're gonna to ask God to do things that he's never done before. You know what? I carry this thing around a lot and I forget. Elisha didn't work any harder. He didn't sleep any less than Elijah. He was just partnered up. He was just yoked up. He just asked. And God helped. Let's pray together. Father God, I just want to pray for us right now. Um, these people know I'm always preaching to myself, but... Um, this is, uh, this is one of those things, just as a type A kind of guy, uh, that I always have a problem with, and you know it. So uh, be with me and help me to figure out how to balance all those things. And I thank you for all the opportunities that come at me. I thank you for the opportunity to be finishing up a book right now and editing that. And I really hope that it's going to bless a lot of people. It's just another thing. So I got I to gotta, I gotta figure it out. And I thank you for this church and the way that it's growing and the influence that we have and the, and the way things are going around the world. I just want to pray for them, Lord, that, that you'll help us as we do the ministry that we do. And for the many, many people that are, that are being cared for by this congregation. Uh, Lord, there's a lot of people and a lot of problems. And a lot of people that you're helping in an amazing way. But sometimes it can get a little much. And I know these people are coming from that same place in their life. Help us to find the balance. Help us to put more space in our schedules, whatever that looks like. Help us to prune some things. And help us to trust in you more. Because we believe you've got the power. Give it to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.